Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back to the Black Squadron Podcast, episode 52, coming at you. I'm BP, and with me tonight is my main man, Todd. I am barely surviving this heat right now in D.C. <laughs> it's so hot. I, I made the, the mistake of walking to the grocery store and back with a backpack on, and I had to take a shower when I got home. Like, it, I, so gross here. I was, I was thinking, I was like, all right, let me do some... Uh... Get, get a little exercise and enjoy some of the summer weather. Stepped outside and immediately felt the heat and said, "Nope, tomorrow's a tomorrow's a great day to try again." So we're uh, uh, yeah. I, I forgot how bad DC summers were. I don't know if it's just because we I didn't go outside really last summer because of you know the pandemic and everything. Yeah. But oh and boy, did I I did not miss DC summer. Today is actually the coolest day of the next three. So indoor city for the next <laughs> week, essentially. Basically. So, yeah, before we get into the show tonight, um, switching up a little bit and just going to give you guys some some heads up. Whatever platform you are listening to us on, pause the show. Go give us a five star review or uh, some kind words if you if you if you would. We appreciate it. It would help us a ton. Also, we are on every single social media platform and we are very active on all of them, particularly TikTok now. So. If you're on social media and you're not following us, give us a follow. We give stuff away. We have a lot of fun. Uh, it's a real hoot, if you will. But yeah, let's not beat around the bush. We got a lot to go over tonight. We got a ton of news and a ton of toys. And our main topic this episode is Star Wars books from 2015 to now. So without further ado, let's hop into the Holonet headlines. <laughs> All right, to kick things off, uh, this Halloween, we're getting IDW's Star Wars Adventures Ghosts of Vader's Castle. So if you're not familiar, IDW does these Vader-inspired comics every Halloween, which is kind of getting old at this point for me. Like, There's so much more creepy Star Wars they could pull from, and they always seem to go back to Vader and Vader's Castle. So again, we're getting another Vader's uh, Vader's Castle story. I will say the covers are awesome. Uh, they're going with the Dawn of the Dead, but they're calling it Dawn of the Droid. Uh, so it's a poster homage to the poster. So it's it's really cool. But I'm with you. There's so many. Like, give us one Halloween comic of the Night Sisters or of just a Savage or, or Maul even. Just I love Vader. Vader's my guy. But come on, there's, there's so much more. There's a lot of options out there, but. That's something if you're uh, an avid Star Wars Adventures reader for the uh, Halloween uh, comics, then that's the the next entry coming at you this Halloween. Uh, as far as more comic news, we're getting a new bounty hunter named Diva Lompop coming to the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover. This is a bounty hunter specifically requested by Jabba the Hutt himself. Uh, she'll join the hunt for Han Solo in Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters. Jabba the Hutt number one and appear in every War of the Bounty Hunters one shot. Uh, so there's Jabba the Hutt, there's Forlom and Zuckus, and there's two others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but she'll be in that and and basically her story will will connect in all of these one shot comics. Uh, she looks really cool. She's got this like rainbow feather mohawk. She's got plated armor. 
I think it's a cool, cool looking bounty hunter, a little, a little bit of like a punk rock looking bounty hunter, which I love when Star Wars goes over the top with colors and she's and super different. She's super old too. She's been around since the High Republic. So she's got some years on her. Uh, I, I read a little tidbit from uh, Justina Ireland who created her um, that she, she used her love of feathered lizards to make uh, Diva. So I'm pretty excited yeah, it's gonna be, to read about it. It's going to be exciting. I always love, you know, me and my bounty hunters. Anytime we get a new bounty hunter introduced, I'm like, all right, well, here's a, another character to fall in love with and, and obsesses way if too you, much over. If you guys want to see her, check out our discord in the comics uh, section. I posted some pictures of her and, or go to StarWars.com. There is a five page exclusive to this particular comic that has her and she's running with uh, Boba Fett in it. So my good boy. stuff. Uh, and a little more publishing news. High Republic wave two is officially begun. So both the rising storm and race to crash point tower are out now. There's a few others that I believe uh, out of darkness comes out late July. Um, Tempest Ru- Tempest runner. The audio drama by uh, Kevin Scott is out in August, I believe, but officially we're in phase one wave two. And I believe there's three phases total, which is kind of crazy when we get into our next uh, piece of news. But I feel like the high Republic has a long ways to go. And there's some stuff that might, be coming up like that touches on stuff in the high Republic with, with the acolyte, which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll jump right into that. But uh, acolyte showrunner Leslie Hedlund did an interview with AV club. So if you're not too familiar, the acolyte is a show that was announced when they announced a million other shows. <laughs> I can't even remember all of them at this point. There's, there's, there's a lot of shows, but this one is set near the end of the high Republic era. It will involve a female lead exploring the dark side during a time that the Sith are thought to be extinct, which I am really excited for because I love a good like it's it's penned as a like martial arts kind of Star Warsy feel to it. So I'm curious to see uh, what they dive in with th- with this uh, show. Now, Le- Leslie is from Russian Doll, right? She did Russian Doll on Netflix. I believe so. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. familiar. Um, I didn't realize that she was a massive Star Wars fan, like big Star Wars fan. So in this interview, she talked about how she got into the fandom. She started out with the uh, original films, like a lot of people do. She read some of the novels uh, in middle school, particularly Heir to the Empire. And one thing that was really cool that I haven't ever seen another creator talk about is she played the Star Wars RPGs. Nice. So, yeah, one one quote that I thought was really cool in this interview is she said, and that's my favorite version of Star Wars, the Star Wars where you get to make up your own Star Wars. So when people are like, what's your favorite film and what's your favorite piece of media? I'm like, I just really love the RPGs. (laughs) To me, that's what Star Wars is, is being able to walk into a universe and start playing. If you can't do that with the movie, television show, novel, comic, book, video game, then I'm not sure you've done what you need to do as a creator of Star Wars material which I think is fantastic to hear from someone that is going to be, you know, leading the charge on, on this uh, new, new show. I'm excited for this one. Cause I have no idea what to expect really. And no expectations. So kind of going into it, like I did with Loki, like I had no idea what they were going to do with Loki and it's appointment viewing for me. So I'm excited for this. I think it's such a blank slate that like, obviously it's, it's the end of the high Republic. so. 
High Republic books will probably lead into the state of the galaxy when the show kicks off, but it's something that they can completely explore a fresh new take on on the the dark side other than stuff that's connected to Papa Palpatine, which seems to be <laughs> everything from uh, the prequels on. She talked a little bit about how Star Wars influenced her early writing, basically how sort of the thing that anchored her growing up. She loved everything from the world building to uh, Ralph McQuarrie's production design to the hero's journey with Luke. Really cool how she just loved Star Wars and that influenced her growing up. She got back into the fandom with uh, seeing the prequels via YouTube. So like people breaking down the prequels on on YouTube and, and sort of hot takes on YouTube, which I think is always funny. Like we always joke about uh, people making stuff up on YouTube. And she was actually really positive about Star Wars YouTube and Star Wars social media, which for us, we have, I think, a different view of, of Star Wars YouTube and Star Wars social media just because of all the craziness that goes on between the two of them. Last little bit from this interview with Leslie was that she talked about the writer's room that she put together, uh, how she really wanted a bunch of different views in the writing room. And one thing that was interesting is that she talked about how she had someone who had never seen Star Wars in the writer's room, which I know a lot of people looked at that and was like, oh, like they don't know what they're doing. But I think it's interesting because we obviously know like the nitty gritty. We talk about Star Wars weekly. We uh, obsess over it. But having someone from the outside coming in to basically help write a, a new story in Star Wars that doesn't have as much knowledge about the nitty gritty and oh, is this canon? Is this not canon? Like from what it sounds like, Leslie is very much a this is the canon and, and you know, in 1050 BBY, so and so did this like she she really knows her her stuff. So having someone that doesn't necessarily know Star Wars, but is a good writer, I think will be interesting to see how that plays out and what they uh, what they give us whenever this comes out. So I'm excited to see someone that's that deep, like almost Filoni level deep into Star Wars as like an outsider coming in because Filoni was I mean, he's famous for dressing up as Plo Kloon before uh, before he started working for uh, Lucasfilm. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more for Acolyte. Uh, this is an exclusive from Discussing Film, but looks like filming for the show is going to begin in February of 2022, which is why I'm kind of, you know, a little curious to see what the High Republic ends up doing, because if this is set at the end of the High Republic, is there going to be stuff that they're basically building towards? And if they're only in phase or wave two of phase one, how many, like how fast are the next couple of phases going to go? Fast. <laughs> That's what I was like, well, it's going to be fast and furious. Like mm -hmm. it's going to be crazy. More news. We got a writer for Rogue Squadron it's from the Hollywood Reporter that Matthew Robinson is going to be penning the script to Rogue Squadron. According to them, he co-wrote and co-directed with Ricky Gervais, the 2009 comedy, The Invention of Lying. Also worked on Love and Monsters. He's working on the Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat, the the movie that Tom Hanks and was in, or not Hanks, um, Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah that the, the day basically repeats over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he's working on the remake, remake of Little Shop of Horrors. Curious to see how that uh, how that goes. It's, it seems I, we're getting, of course, none of it's like officially announced. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll see how how that turns out for Rogue Squadron. And then the last little bit of news is we had a ton of interviews with Ming-Na Wen. 
So there was a couple of roundtables with the showrunners for Bad Batch and Ming-Na Wen. They talked about a whole bunch of really cool things, everything from Ming-Na Wen's uh, inspiration for Fennec, for younger Fennec. So taking what she did live action and translating that into the cartoon version that we see in the Bad Batch. One thing that was really interesting was she did an interview with Screen Rant and they talked about how Fennec was supposed to be a, you know, one-off character, like shows up, dies. That's her story. (laughs) But she, she and Dave ended up becoming friends basically on set. I found out they grew up in the same area, like, like some of the same things. So she basically convinced Dave to keep her around. And now she's taking, you know, the, the, the new stories by storm. You've got her in the Bad Batch. You've got her in Book of Boba Fett. You had her in, season two of Mandalorian. So for, for something that she signed on for just a one episode show up, play your role. And then you're, you're out of star Wars kind of thing. She's definitely uh, built quite the following of her character. Good on her. And then another really fun thing that she talked about is uh, how her and Tim Morrison's relationship on set, like she would like show up on set and want to touch everything and be like, oh, my God, I'm in Star Wars, like kind of that childlike. And then uh, Tem would show up and be like, all right, let's get to work. <laughs> so that's all I got for the news this week. So I'm going to toss it back to UBP for the cargo hold. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. The Cargo Hold segment is brought to you by Skyward Fun Supply. Skyward Fun Supply was born from a love of two things, Star Wars and the hobby of figure and toy collecting. They are a company that truly knows how fun the hobby of action figure and toy collecting is because they are collectors too, with over 30 years of experience in the hobby. Every item from Skyward Fun Supply is guaranteed to be in mint condition. Head over to www.skywardfunsupply.com and use code BSP10 to save 10%. All right. So tons of stuff came out like news wise that I wasn't prepared for. So before we get into the breaking toy news, uh, let's talk about what we picked up this week. Uh, I'll go first. I only got two things. Um, and then I'll let Todd go on for the next 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> I got a 3d printed kit of a dl44 to put together uh, for my own collection so i'm pretty excited to start working on that i can't remember the printer it's from etsy i'll have to check that out and post it um and then i actually got this two weeks ago but i forgot to mention it last week and i'm pretty excited about it so i went to a used bookstore here in dc called capitol hill books if you've never been there google capitol hill books and just look at the images and it's floor to ceiling for four stories books it, I don't know how the building's standing it. It has to be incredibly heavy. But I went to the Star Wars section. They have like a very small Star Wars section. I went to the Star Wars section and they had a Star Wars Survivor's Quest. Not something I would generally pick up because I'm not a big Legends reader. Um, but when I pulled it out to see how much it was, I noticed it said signed copy. So I got a signed copy by Timothy Zahn for 10 bucks. Yeah. Couldn't pass that up. <laughs> Can't complain about a, a signed book by uh, the great Tim. Yeah, so I brought that home with me. It's in my collection. Looking looking pretty over there. But that's nice. all I got uh, this week for Star Wars stuff. What did you pick up? Oh, boy. What did I pick up? I got so much stuff. I don't <laughs> even know where I'm going to put it. I'm actually running back into the issue where I don't have room to put things again. Um, so I got Vintage Collection, The Armor, Moff Gideon, Empire Strikes Back, Boba Fett, all to keep on card. I just got 
two more figures. I got the Vintage Collection Wicket and the Dinjarin Beskar Vintage Collection figure. In case you can't tell people, I've, I've become a big Vintage Collection collector, which is <laughs> becoming a quick issue for me. I did get the Vintage Collection Endor Leia, the Walmart Lucasfilm 50th exclusive one. However, when I went to open it up, it was not the Vintage Collection Endor Leia. It was the Carbonized Collection uh, Death Trooper, or no, Remnant Stormtrooper. And of course, it showed up in, in a uh, soft envelope in Walmart's fashion, all busted up and, and damaged. And I can't get the uh, the Vintage Collection 50th Leia now because it's sold out. So that's that was a, a little bit of a downer. That's the whole reason why I got the Wicked. I've got the Luke on pre-order and I've got the Han Solo on pre-order. So I'm going to have to somehow track down that that Leia. Maybe go do some toy hunts and cry at the uh, empty pegs at all the Walmarts near us. Walmart is the reason we can't have nice things. It's, it's so, so annoying. Uh, a couple other things I got. I got the... Uh, so I'm, I'm putting together a, a pin and patch jacket because I've got so many Star Wars pins and a couple of patches mm-hmm. that I'm finally decided to to put something together where it, when it's not a billion degrees in DC, <laughs> but I got the original trilogy uh, patches for from Padawan Bear patches, which if you haven't checked him out, he's got some of the coolest like patches out there. Oh yeah, I, mean, got, I think I have made five or six hats from his patches. They're they're super cool, but I got the uh original trilogy um basically they're the vintage collection style star wars empire strikes back and return of the jedi got mm-hmm. those for the jacket i got a power of the force 2 inspired luke skywalker pin so that buff luke or bluke <laughs> as people call him i got that and then i pre-ordered the vintage collection off-world jawa so a lot of a lot of busy busy my wallet hates me i'm crying <laughs> i'm running out of space I'm, i feel like i'm a hoarder again please people tell me to stop buying things i would greatly appreciate it no you I, won't so I, it's all for uh, i can't confirm you are a hoarder <laughs> <laughs> but you're a, just, star, you're a star wars hoarder so it's fine so it's a it's a collector not a hoarder <laughs> you, you'll be the most interesting episode of hoarders that i have ever watched from my, be, from my point of view, <laughs> I'll just be surrounded. It's not even the issue is is uh, like it's all the boxes. Like yeah, every yeah. week, I feel like I have a stockpile of boxes that I have to wait until our recycling comes to take out. So I just have a tower <laughs> of boxes, and then I've got some boxes obviously to when I move. Um, for some of the more expensive collectibles, like my life size Baby Yoda, I still got the box for, and all my hot yeah, toys, yeah. I still have the boxes for. But it's yeah, it's getting bad. It's getting bad, and it's only getting worse because there's more figures that get announced all the time and there's like the pipeline figures that i know i'm gonna get and all the black series figures that i've got on pre-order and eventually i'm just gonna run out of space and my girlfriend's gonna be like all right you've had your fill no more (laughs) uh did you get anything else i think that i picked up a couple legos i got the darth vader helmet so i've been building the lego helmet um collection so i've got boba fett a scout trooper and then i picked up the darth vader one so i'll probably pick up another one to have four of them, but those are cool. I enjoy them. They're they're fun little uh, little quick builds to do. Well, speaking of Legos, there was LegoCon the last couple of days and virtual, of course. Um, and there was some sets announced and some large sets. <laughs> uh, first, we have the Imperial Light Cruiser set from The Mandalorian Season Two. It comes with Den Jaren, with Grogu, of course, Cara Dune, Finnick. Moff Gideon, a dark trooper, 
it comes out on August 1st and it's going to cost you 160 bones. Um, but it's, it's huge and worth every single. Um, I have a, I have a gripe with Lego. I'm going to, I'm going to get to it after I read these next two. Um, Boba Fett's starship. Curious how Todd feels about that. It doesn't bother me. Honestly, it, it, that's Boba Fett's ship, so it, it, whatever it is, what it is. So, so for the people who haven't been following the drama around this for whatever reason, basically Lego and there's a couple other products that have come out that have Boba Fett Starship instead of Slave One, which isn't anything new. Like we've we've seen old Kenner, like vintage Kenner Star Wars Slave One toys that have said Slave One Boba Fett's Starship. It's not new. It, it's mm-hmm. people are making a big deal over something. They're not saying the slave one isn't the name of the ship anymore. It's basically for marketing. They're saying Ch- this children. is it's for children because at the end of the day, people forget that while we're collectors, yes, these are made with children in mind a lot yeah. of the time, or even new people coming into the fandom. If people weren't introduced to Boba Fett, maybe for the first time, because Boba Fett's got such a small role in Empire, Empire. and Return of the Jedi compared mm-hmm. to to Mandalorian and now the book of Boba Fett, if they're trying to sell something to new fans, they might recognize Boba Fett's starship more than slave one. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of drama around this. I, I could care less. It's, it's for marketing. If they're going to change the name of the ship, they'll do it in star Wars. They'll do it either in book of Boba Fett. They'll do it in Mando. Mm-hmm. The ship, did, the whole reason the, the slave one, the name of the ship isn't even mentioned in, the movies it's mentioned in two episodes of the clone wars and then it's mentioned in i think the empire strikes back novelization and then the toys yeah that's that's where the slave one name comes from is is from that so people are just getting mad for for no real reason i think it's it's slow slow news kind of thing and and people decided to stir up some controversy but i don't i don't think it's a huge issue it doesn't bother me either. Uh, but this this set comes with Boba Fett in the with the black robes with his armor back on it. We also get the Mandalorian figure. This is my I I have a more pro, I have more of a problem with this than I do in renaming a ship. How, it's been two years. Can we can we just call him by his name? It's Din Jaren. Is it? It's that hard. It's until people are still going to always associate the Mandalorian with. Dinjarin. So they're gonna they're gonna have the naming be the Mandalorian on a bunch of it's the same thing with the Boba Fett Starship. It's they're gonna go with what they think is gonna be the most easily recognizable to mass audiences. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I think they should it's a it's a small thing, but I think that they should at least have the name of the character, the accurate name of the character yeah. on the, the figures and the products and everything. And even like They've started switching from Baby Yoda. Well, it's never really. Yeah, it was Baby Yoda. Mm. They started switching from Baby Yoda to Grogu. So they can do <laughs> that with Din Djarin. Well, wait till I get to the next section of <laughs> Cargo Home when they don't say Grogu once. <laughs> uh, but one more Lego set was announced, and it's the Imperial Armored Marauder, which is the troop transport uh, from the Mandalorian. And it comes with three troopers and Grief Karga, available August 1st, as is the Starship. Um, and this one is only forty dollars, and the starship's only fifty. I was surprised that the Star Boba Fett starship was only fifty bucks. It's a smaller version. I think it's slightly bigger than the Slave One that came with the Bespin uh, mm-hmm. Lego set a couple years ago. So it's not nearly as big as the as the UCS, the Ultimate Collector Series one, or the twentieth anniversary one that came out a couple years back. Um, 
so that's why it's a little a little cheaper than those ones but i'll, I'll get it i mean you know me, I'm, I'm a i'm a sucker i'll just i want it for just the rearmored boba fett mini oh yeah figure. oh yeah yeah for sure because i'm a hundred percent on the give me all the rearmored but like if they make one of those life-size standout cut <laughs> like cut out standout guys yeah i'm getting one of those and i'm just gonna keep them behind us whenever we record <laughs> to switch back to audio to a video just so people can see boba fett watching over i like it uh Todd, Todd knows this, but I'm jumping around in my notes like crazy because I don't want to end it on Chia Pets. <laughs> so I'm going to go with this now. So Chia Pets, you heard that correct. Chias are coming back, folks. Um, they're they're giving us a Wicket Chia Pet, a The Child, a.k.a. Grogu. They're also giving us another The Child, a.k.a. Grogu, but this time in the satchel. And then the last one is a The Child Chia cat grass planter <laughs> um so it's like the egg container from frog lady mm-hmm. but it, it grows grass specifically for your cat to eat good thing i have a cat that i can justify <laughs> buying this for actually it's my girlfriend's cat so i'll be like look i got the cat a new gift yes. like slowly getting more star wars stuff so all those are 20 bucks they're available now i think i saw them on entertainment earth so if, if you're super into chia pets boom there you go um, and then before I get into like the hot and nasty Star Wars stuff that came out, uh, Pop Minded, you can find them on Instagram at, at Pop Minded. They announced today a holiday special Boba Fett ornament, which must have, right? <laughs> All right, so let's get into the heavy hitters here. So Yak Face, our, our buddy over at Yak Face, rumored a couple Black Series figures. I'm pretty excited about this, um, despite the fact that it's new movie stuff, but it's original trilogy characters uh training luke and leia from the rise of skywalker the leia is a must-have for me uh, i'm gonna order that the second i can uh yavin ceremony leia dr cornelius abazan <laughs> and panda baba of course um i don't know the droid that they announced from night of the old republic to hk 47 sure <laughs> i think it is yeah he's the sassy like uh calls everybody meat bags and it's Perfect. like speculate it's like see it's uh like triple zero almost like i feel like they in triple zero was inspired by hk47 because he's like another like let me kill everybody and then ask questions later kind of guy um also reported by yak face uh amazon australia has some listings up for some black series figures that are released tentatively around november this year uh boba fett from Titan. Mayfield from the Mandalorian and a Jetta patrol stormtrooper. So they're pumping out some black series here. All right, let's get to the, the nasty stuff here. Hot toys, the Mandalorian, also known as Din Djarin. with Grogu deluxe set. This comes with Pedro Pascal's mopey face uh, from the end of the season. It looks incredible. I mean, it looks exactly like hot toys is just, they're on a whole nother level. This is a deluxe set, so it'll run you some some cash. I think it was three fifty. It sounds about right for the deluxe. You get a bunch uh, of cool accessories with the deluxe. You can you get do. just the the one six scale uh, Dinjarin figure, and it's his season two armor, and it has mm-hmm. this really nice like chrome finish on it. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, of course, I got, part of me wants to get it, even though I have like the <laughs> Deskar uh, Dinjarin figure, but also part of me knows that his outfit's going to change again by the time season three oh, yeah. rolls around and i don't want to have 
the case where I have with my season one, where there's a slight armor change, and now I need a oh, new figure. Every like time Boba Fett. Every time Din gets a little bit of credits, he's like, "Pow, new outfit." Yeah. Um, it does come with some really cool accessories. It comes with uh, Boba Fett's armor when he gets off Cobb Vamp. Uh, some packages he got from what's left of the spoiler alert um, Razor Crest, and a couple other things: uh, the Beskar spear. And I think that might be it. Uh, but there's an additional add-on for an additional $225. You can buy his speeder bike. So if you are sitting on five, 600 bones and you, you're jazzed about some hot toys, it's up for pre-order now. I'm just waiting for the Cobb Vanth uh, figure to come out with the pod racer speeder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also for hot toys, this is not new, but they did finally give us some finished production photos of the 501st clone trooper from season seven of the Clone Wars. Um, to 220 bucks, pretty usual, pretty normal for hot toys. Uh, but there is a deluxe deluxe option that comes with the 332nd helmet, aka the Ahsoka helmet. Uh, so and that's 250. So an extra 30 bucks gets you the orange helmet. It's hot toys. It's it looks incredible. God only knows when these are actually going to come out. <laughs> uh, or when we'll actually get our hands on. I, I pre-ordered Ahsoka from Clone Wars season seven. When it came out, like when Clone Wars came out, I don't even know when if it'll be here this year. It should be soon that they'll be shipping them out. I know there's usually at least like a year lead time on a lot of mm-hmm. Hot Toys figures, which is nice. Like you, you know, you you can do payment plans and and sort of spread out the cost of some of these high value figures. Like when I got my life size Grogu, it was a little easier to stomach the cost of that because it was over six months versus one upfront purchase and then cry at my empty bank account. I paid for that figure and it did not come. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never got it, uh, but I did get the, the season one OG Dan. So I'm pretty excited about that. So win, win. Uh, and then giant gentle giant came in too with some stuff. So they hit us with a milestone statue of Luke Skywalker from return of the Jedi. So that's in all black 12 inches tall. They're only making 2000 of them. They're up for pre-order now, November, 2021's release date, 200 bucks. So uh, Gentle Giant puts out good stuff. It, it's not the same thing as Hot Toys because uh, it's a statue, not cloth and all that jazz. So different beasts, still awesome. Gentle Giant also announced the half-scale First Order Stormtrooper bust. Their half-scales also are very good. Gentle Giant doesn't play. Uh, 175 bucks. that's up for pre-order now. And then a sixth-scale Count Dooku mini bust for $120, um, also up for pre-order. And then kind of out of the blue iron studios during their inside iron studios day three days ago ish at the time of recording dropped a star wars bomb all one tenth scale first they hit us with an obi-wan kenobi unleashed from uh revenge of the sith looking badass having a high ground killer killer figure no price yet listed on any of these just fyi we're also getting a Din Djarin with Beskar Spike. They actually called him Din Djarin. Got a pop from me. Uh, <laughs> Moff Gideon with a Darksaber. A killer statue. The IG-11 with Grogu on the speeder bike. Tons of fun. Uh, the Bo-Katan action pose is really good. That's That one's pretty gnarly. And then the meta. <laughs> uh, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan on the throne from the end of season two of the Mandalorian deluxe statue. It is beautiful. 
as soon as this one goes out for pre-order, it's a it's an instant buy for me because I I've been wanting more Book of Boba Fett related merch, and obviously we still got a little bit of ways before that comes out. But this is probably the closest I'm going to get to being able to recreate that scene uh, from the end of season two until you know Black Series puts out some figures and Hot Toys puts out figures, and then I'll be swimming in Fennec and and Sweet Baby Boy Boba merch, but. uh <laughs> This one, this one's really nice, and the the like, like the how much it looks like Ming Na Wen, like oh, the, yeah. the likeness is pretty spot on for something that's only a one tenth scale. Yeah, it's it's really. I'm curious. I mean, I can't wait for you to order this because I'm I've always been curious about um, Iron Studios is in Brazil, so I'm curious about shipping what the, how they do shipping. It'll probably cost so. the same as the, the figure. <laughs> it, one thing I am curious because one thing Iron Studios does is these like battle diorama sets so mm-hmm. they've done avengers and it's like you buy 20 pieces or something but it creates this whole scene mm-hmm. i'm curious to see because the dinjarin and moff gideon figures look like it's from their fight scene in mm-hmm. the end of season two so i'm curious to see if that is what it is and you can kind of combine them into that mm-hmm. fight scene which i might have to get both of those if that's the case <laughs> which as i complained about not having room for stuff recently you know it's whatever it's fine everything's fine uh, and then lastly, Iron Studios announced they, their legacy line, which is somewhat bigger than one-tenth of Grogu on the Meditation Rock from Season 2. Uh, eyes shut, palms up kind of deal. No prices listed on any of these. They all are pending license or approval. So once we get more info on that, we'll hit you with it. Uh, but if that's going to do it for the cargo hold. I'm going to pop right over to the Skyward Top 10. All right, so every week I do the Skyward Top 10. So these are the top 10 selling items from SkywardFunSupply.com. And last week, number 10, the Vintage Collection, The Child. Number 9, the Black Series, Ezra Bridger. Number 8, the Black Series, Kanan Jarrus. Number 7, the Black Series, Boba Fett Deluxe Set. Number 6, the Vintage Collection, Moff Gideon. Number 5, the Vintage Collection, The Armorer. Number 4, Concept Wave from Funko pre-order set number three the vintage collection captain rex number two the black series hunter and number one the vintage collection dinjarin beskar can we talk about how the vintage collection armor has been in the top 10 for like the past 10 weeks it's or, a cool looking figure man. yeah it's the card on it like yeah. it's it's a nice figure i originally didn't have it and then i had to order it because now i'm like my OCD's kicking in and I want all the, <laughs> I want all the mandal. I'm like, I'm kicking myself not giving the razor crest now because I was originally I justify as a, as I don't have space and I don't want to get too deep into the vintage collection because I know it's a it's a deep rabbit hole once you get mm-hmm. into it. And now I'm deep into the vintage collection rabbit hole and I don't have the razor crest. So I'm like, Ugh. hey, if you don't have the vintage collection car doing, hit me up. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the, the armor has been popular in the top 10 since the last 11 straight weeks. It's either been the Funko, the Black Series, or the Vintage Collection. So people are, um, she's still on top of the mind. I hope we see more of that, of, of that character. I think I, we, she was a really cool character and, and sort of added another matriarchal element to Mandalorian society and uh-huh. Mandalorian culture. So I think it'd be really cool to see her pop up. And I think we probably will at some oh, point. Yeah. She's 100% coming back. And I've said this before on the show. She's she's going to be a really bad person, like a bad a villain for for Den. I I think she's a um, zealot from Darth Maul's era and Mandalore. 
We'll see. Fingers I crossed. Know. I think she's a bad, bad, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> she's a she's what you would call a baddie. Yeah, she's a baddie. Uh, if you look closer, she's a saddie. <laughs> With that, let's hop into the Bad Batch Report, Episode 9. The cavalry has arrived! Spoilers! Spoilers! All right, so we're going to mix things up a little bit this week. Instead of doing a breakdown of everything, we're just going to kind of talk about some highlights, some things we really liked about the episode, what we didn't like about it. First off, what did you think of this week's episode, BP? I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was kind of surprised. Again, spoilers here on out. If you haven't watched the latest episode, stop, watch, come back. I was surprised they got Omega back so quickly. An episode later. It did seem like a very quick way to resolve something that I thought would stretch out over the, the tail end of the season. Mm-hmm. But as a result, we got to see Fennec Shan be a complete and utter badass. I, I love Fennec Shan so much. Like seeing Fennec again has made me even more excited for Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I wondered about their relationship in, in Book of Boba Fett or the Mandalorian season two, because they seemed like they had a pretty tight bond. And I think that just reaffirms that we're going to get Boba Fett in the Bad Batch to him and Fennec to meet their meet cute if you will he's like y'all you saved my sister (laughs) speaking of which we got omega's origin this week which you know i i part of me kind of had a feeling based off the whole like omega like that she was still a a clone of of jango even though everyone's convinced that she was a palpatine clone or, or something like that i thought it was interesting the whole element that they added where She's the last pure Django clone. So all the other clones obviously have their alterations made to either make them age faster or be, you know, super strong like Wrecker or super smart like uh, tech. But she being the last pure Django, aside from Boba, also Alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of, kind of exciting. So now everybody's having a field day with, uh, with, the whole sibling element of Boba and Jang and uh, Omega. Yeah. Um, I did see some chatter and Delilah Dawson also saw it. Folks, Omega is not Captain Phasma. Um, we'll get into this later, but read the Phasma book and that's all you got to do. And you'll know it's not Phasma. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I think people really clung to that idea was because they changed a little bit of uh, uh, Caleb Doom's origin from the mm-hmm. Kanan comic. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, if they're not opposed to changing stuff that's canon, then they could totally be Phasma. But that's, <laughs> that's a pretty one. One scene in a comic is a little different yeah, than an entire listen. novel backstory. <laughs> you can change a panel in a comic, but you can't change a 300 page novel. <laughs> also, we've never seen Captain Phasma without her armor. We, we know the actress has short blonde hair, but we don't know Phasma had short blonde hair. Come on. <laughs> anyway, we also got to see Omega. Uh, Go one-on-one with Toto, Cad Bane's droid-ish. She kind of just tricked him into thinking she was going to fix him, but instead she just zapped him. I forgot how, like, sassy Toto was. <laughs> I don't know why, but he he is so, so damn sassy this whole episode and, like, tries to be like, oh, I'm smarter than you, and then just gets absolutely bullied mm-hmm. by everybody. He gets bullied by Fennec. He gets bullied by Omega. <laughs> <laughs> just gets bullied. I guess he's used to it with Cad. Uh, but speaking of Cad Bane, his ship is a banger. I love his ship. It's so good. Give me that Lego set. <laughs> his uh, The names of his ships are always cool, too. Like, his original ship is Xanadu Blood and looks 
vicious. The only reason I remember that is because I played Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes way too much. And one <laughs> and I have his ship in that game, so I'm always like, Yeah, like let's 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 destroy some people with the Xanadu blood. Like I'm all about this. This one's the justifier. And I don't know if it was just me, but when the ship was landing, the like outline of the ship looked a lot like the ghost. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of so, cool. Uh, then we kind of figured out who is sending bounty bounty hunters to Omega. Yeah, we have a uh, little little dynamic, a little division in the uh, Kaminoans. We have Lamasu versus Nalase. So of course, Lamasu, we talked about this. He's all for sending as many bounty hunters. That's why we had Cad Bane getting Omega while Fennec was on the job. And then we see Ton Wei from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, RIP Ton Wei. <laughs> we see her for a very brief moment, but it's, it's funny. Um, I saw a bunch of people doing the meme of like Daniel Logan when he answers the door. It's like, Dad, Ton Wei's here. Yeah. Except for it was dead. Ton Wei's <laughs> <Yeah>. dead. <laughs> so short, uh, short, short-lived. They had the same actress come on and do the voice of Ton Wei too, though, which I thought was kind of cool. And it, it's always neat when you have little things like that. They, they yeah. bring in the original actors to do the voices of characters that we see for a brief second in the movies. And then, uh, then a Hunter and the gang got Omega back and we're off. Off, off on a, on a new adventure. I thought it was interesting that Fennec was sent by Nalase to basically protect Omega to a degree, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think is going to be interesting to see how they handle that moving forward. It sounds like her arc is kind of wrapped up now based off of just like she, she on her way out is like, you want me to go track down Omega? And, and say is like, no, she's fine as long as she's not in the hands of another bounty hunter. And yeah. she's like, well, you know how to find me. So part of me is like, well, is that the end of Fennec for this season? Like, I kind of hope not. I'd love to see more of her character. I think this adds a really interesting element for Book of Boba Fett. Because obviously Boba rescues Fennec at the end of season one. You see her in season two. She's got the robotics in her, her abdomen. So I'm curious to see if they touch on that Omega relationship at all in either Book of Boba Fett or in uh, Bad Batch with Fennec. Book of Boba Fett sounds like it's going to be jumping around a little bit in the timeline. Mm-hmm. So it'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see what what happens and and if they dive into that and sort of that relationship that we see between Fennec and Omega. I'm excited. I really do hope that she comes. I think she will be back in Bad Batch, if not this season, next season for sure. There's going to be, I, like I said earlier, I think there's going to be a connection between her Omega and Boba Fett at some point. Oh, there's got to be. I'm still, I'm like fingers crossed that we see Boba this season. I just want more Boba. I can't have enough Boba. Yeah, he's everywhere right now. I can, like, he's, I feel like I can almost guarantee we'll see him. <laughs> almost. He's so, he's so hot right now. So hot right now. But uh, yeah, that was a good good episode. But let's uh, let's hop right into our main topic here: Star Wars books <laughs> from 2015, which is when Disney acquired Star Wars, to now and a little bit further from now. I made a list of books that have come out since 2015. Would you like to guess how many they put out since then? Uh, main story books, not like offshoots and jazz like that, like Smuggler's Run or not Smuggler's Run. The, gonna say let me look at my bookshelf and see how many <laughs> i've got i've like slowly been acquiring as many as i can even though i'm horrible about staying on top of reading them all i just like them from the collector's aspect in case you mm. people can't tell i like collecting things a lot more than <laughs> actually using them which is the hoarder 
um probably in the 70s maybe 75 ish 44 of like novels but there are like 20 to 30 i did not put down that are like offshoot little stories that makes Um, sense are they like the young young adult novels included in the 40 or is it like uh, yeah yeah Yeah, so i picked some more substantial ones for the list um so i'll just quickly read through some of the titles here that stick out uh, and then we can talk about some stuff that's happened so we started off a new dawn john jackson miller um awesome i mean all these books are good honestly i actually i only have one that i don't care for and and we'll get into that slightly later uh the tarkin book heir to the jedi lords of the sith uh dark disciple aftermath lost stars smugglers run which i was right is han solo and chewbacca the battlefront one book twilight company bloodline aftermath life debt which is number two the ahsoka book by ek johnston catalyst a rogue one novel we'll talk about that one here shortly aftermath's empire end which is the third and final book to the aftermath series which i believe is the first appearance of cobb Van. yep uh thrawn timothy zahn came back for some more thrawn rebel rising which is a uh, rogue one story battlefront 2 inferno squad which aligns with battlefront 2 game phasma which i just mentioned leia princess of alderaan Last Shot and Most Wanted are not novels per se, but they're just short stories-ish, if that makes sense. And then A Million More Thrawns books, The Queen Shadow books, Master and Apprentice, The Dooku uh, audio drama, Alphabet Squadron books. I feel like there's 15 more Thrawns coming out. Myths and Fables is interesting. We'll talk about that. The Galaxy's Edge books, Crash of Fate and Black Spire, which coincided with Galaxy's Edge opening. Spark of the Resistance and Resistance Reborn were lead-ups to The Rise of Skywalker, Queen's Peril, More Alphabet Squadron, Dark Legends, the Poe Dameron book called Freefall, very good if you haven't read that, Um, More Thrawn, More Thrawn, (laughs) More Alphabet Squadron, and More Queen's Hope. So, and I'm happy to share this document with anybody who wants it. So if you guys are listening to this and you want me to send it to you, shoot me an email, or I'm sorry, shoot me a DM and I'll email you this. But let's, uh, let's talk about some of these books here. Do you have a favorite Star Wars novel from 2015 to now? My favorite novel that I've read Star Wars was, and I wasn't a huge, like, honestly, Star Wars got me back into reading again because I took the longest break from reading after, uh, before, before I got into Star Wars reading. But my favorite novel that I've read is probably Lost Stars, which I think is on the top of the list for a lot of folks. That's Claudia it's, Gray. It's a Claudia Gray. A lot, all of Claudia Gray's work is fantastic. She is yeah. a phenomenal author. But Lost Stars, I think, is so unique in the sense that it follows two characters from the end of the Clone Wars through the entire original trilogy and basically ends at the end or at the beginning of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because it's one of the few times that I feel like we've seen the events of Star Wars through the eyes of someone who isn't part of the big three or, or isn't a major character in, in the story. It's more like just your everyday person. Yeah. So one of them is a pilot for the rebellion and one of them is a, a pilot for the empire and they both feel like they're doing the right thing. And it's sort of, we get into whether or not is the empire doing the wrong thing and sort of the, the moral ambiguity of it all. It talks about things like the destruction of the death star. And for one of them, like her friends and and 
people that she cares for were on the Death Star that was blown up. So she views the rebels as terrorists, whereas mm-hmm. the other one is part of the rebellion. And he thinks that they're stopping tyranny. So I think it, it provides a very unique perspective on a lot of the events that we see in the films and adds a little more of the human element to it. And it's just written really beautifully and uh, is is a book that I could easily go back and reread and, and still enjoy as much as I did the first time. Even though this book's technically a um, YA, it's very, very good. And it's not just for the youths, if you will. Um, there's really cool Tarkin portions of the book. It, it's pretty heavy on original trilogy time frame. So I, I recommend this book to a lot of people who've never read Star Wars books who want to get into it just because it does cover quite a bit of ground there from the perspective of the grunts, the people in, in the, in the shit, if you will. Um, my favorite is very fluid. I go back and forth to what I'm in the mood for in terms of star Wars. But I think right now I, this sounds such a cop out. I have a, I have a tie for my first and it's Lords of the Sith and master and apprentice, which is not terribly different, different from each other because Lords of the Sith is about master and apprentice of Palpatine and Vader. Um, it's Vader's very young as Vader. He's, he's new to it. And Palpatine is being a real bitch to him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's just messy with him, treating him like garbage, just trying to make him as angry as possible. And they go through, there's a, their shipwrecks and they go onto a hostile planet and they have to fight these giant animal. It's, it's a crazy book, honestly. And it's written very well. I, I, this is the one I always recommend to people. And this is Paul Kemp, Paul S. Kemp. And he's written a lot of Star Wars books, uh, not necessarily new canon, but um, legends. So Lord says very good. And Master and Apprentice is, this has changed people's mind on Qui-Gon. Like I know people like Slade did not care for Qui-Gon at all. Um, but again, Claudia Gray, she can do no wrong. She really breaks down the relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. How neither one of them thought they were a good fit for each other, but neither one of them wanted to, not help each other. <laughs> um, then they introduce another Jedi to us that I'm totally blanking on his name, but he's kind of like a hippie and does his own thing. And kind of where Qui-Gon gets motivation to be a sassy Jedi to the council. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I, I can't recommend two books enough than Master and Apprentice and Lords of the Sith. What else? What, what Which book have you read that was like a, the biggest surprise to you? Like you really didn't expect to enjoy it as much as you did. I think... So for me, Queen Shadow by E.K. Johnson, I believe we talked about this the other day when we were talking about um, the newest book in, in that series to come out that's coming out. Um, mm. But like off the bat, it just didn't sound like something that I'd be super interested in. I picked it up because, you know, I, I collect the books and, and I want to add to the collection and eventually get to it. But the depth of character that it added for, for Padme and the Handmaidens mm-hmm. and just sort of helps you understand a little bit more about Padme's mindset and everything. Cause she's starting out as a, a junior Senator in the galactic Senate and the, the role of her handmaidens and sort of how they're her security force and how they all work together as, as the secret service and, and sort of what we see in the Phantom Menace and adds some more depth to that and the role of the handmaidens and all of that. So I think it's it's it was a really interesting book and I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I know some people were kind of like, it, you know, could leave it either way. And I I personally really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. It really brought to 
the forefront and I never expected, I never thought about it, but they explained that her outfits, those crazy outfits were for a reason. They're for protection. Like they yeah. had, they had defenses built in. Like that's, it's crazy. Yeah. You have these um, over the top elaborate headpieces that can be used as like weapons. And you have yeah. <laughs> like these outfits that are used for defense and, and there's a, a, a safety element to it and a practical element to everything yeah. that she wears too. She's got these over the top, elaborate outfits but they have a practical element to them that i thought was really interesting and it, it you know anything that adds more details to stuff that's interesting on the surface level mm-hmm. i think is always a, a good time um i think the thrawn books were uh interesting for me as someone who didn't grow up reading the the timothy's on original thrawn trilogy um i knew who thrawn was because i feel like if you're semi deep in this fandom everybody mentions thrawn at least to some degree he's he's the the blue chest that everybody can't get enough of and i think part of me thought he was going to be a little more overrated just because you know people who are so diehard legends books how much they are fans of thrawn mm-hmm. that i originally didn't think i would enjoy it his character as much as i did so that was another series um, the three Thrawn original Thrawn trilogy books uh, were really interesting. I haven't gotten into his like prequel trilogy stuff yet, so I'm curious to see how uh, a younger Thrawn is compared to the uh, Thrawn that we see during the original trilogy era. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise was the Ahsoka novel by E.K. Johnston. I I've always liked Ahsoka, but reading that book brought my fandom of her up to another level. Um, it really just resonated with me for whatever reason so much so that it's to this day, still the only star Wars book I've read three times. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I it's, just, it's an easy read. It's a, it's a relatively short and it's just so good. It, it brings so much of Ahsoka. It puts so much into her story and it brings so much out of her, like her humanity, if that's the right word to use. Um, and then the hunt or the hunt from one side or <laughs> the, the chase on the other her to survive and it's it's just so it's just so good um so ek crushed it knocked it out of the park um, you know what's in before we go to the night you know what's another book that i just was thinking about because we were talking about clone wars era dark mm-hmm. disciple dark disciple is a novel that i adore just because again it adds more depth to characters that we're familiar with it, it's all about asajj ventress and quinlan Voss and their relationship and sort of the not great Jedi element, but sort of that, that mm-hmm. more murkier view of the force. And I think it, it does a great job of, of beautifully telling Asajj's story towards the end of the clone wars. And it was originally supposed to be a clone wars arc that was, you know, after the clone wars was originally canceled, they turned it into a book. It was written by either written by, I think the arc was written by George Lucas's daughter. Mm-hmm. So they took that and adapted it for the uh, dark disciple novel. But that was something that I also it's a little bit of a favorite, a little bit of a surprise of how much mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Uh, that uh, Dark Disciple was written by Christine Golden, who has also written a handful of really good Star Wars novels. Um, another one that c- took me completely by surprise in a book that I absolutely adore. And I've, I, it's probably in my top five is Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. I had no expectations. I really, honestly, I did have, I didn't expect to like it. James Lucino, he's got a handful of legends books that are very good. Um, 
This book is so good. It makes Rogue One such a better movie. If you haven't read this book, read it and then watch Rogue One. It bring it explains Galen and Krennic's relationship and Lyra. So it makes that scene in the movie even more powerful between her and Krennic. It explains Saul and Jen's relationship to why they love hate each other. It's so good. I, I can't express to you in words how good it is. <laughs> so this was actually the first canon Star Wars novel that I ever I got. And it just was in a Barnes and Noble one day um, right before it was either right before or right after Rogue One came out mm-hmm. and saw it, saw the Death Star on the cover of it. I was like, this seems interesting. Like, let me grab mm-hmm. this. It's got the Barnes and Noble exclusive sticker on it because it comes with a uh, poster, I think, of the Death Star plans. It the level of like you said, relationship building that it does with with Galen's role in building the Death Star and and his research and and sort of how important he was to all of that. It it ends basically with them. Spoiler for the book, but it it ends with them on the run from Krennic, where mm-hmm. we eventually see him. You know, farming a man of your talents. Mm-hmm. Like it it adds weight to that scene. It adds weight to the we were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. Like how. Mm-hmm how close they were to building the Death Star with his research, it it makes Rogue One. If you're a big Rogue One fan and you haven't mm-hmm. read Catalyst, definitely go read that book because it will make you appreciate so much more of the smaller details in Rogue One that much more. Mm-hmm. And, and along the same lines, Rebel Rising by Beth Revis, it's also about, this book is just about Jen and Saul's relationship and what they did together through all those years. I didn't expect to care for that one either. And I honestly only paid $3 for it, a hardcover. And it's very, it, it's still on display. I think it's that good. Uh, so Rogue One, if you love the Rogue One movie and you have not read these two books, read them and your love will just amplify. It, it's can't say enough good things about these two books. Total surprise, by the way. <laughs> um, on the other side of that coin, books, Star Wars books that did absolutely nothing for you. I'm going to go first. And this is shocking because it is Claudia Gray bloodline. Really? I have tried to read bloodline six times. I cannot get halfway through it. I still have to read it. So I, I can't offer my, uh, my opinion on it yet, but if people really like that one, so that's... I know I, I don't know why it's just, it's, it's heavy on political discourse and maybe I'm just too close to real life politics here in DC. We are surrounded I, I by it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's got really cool things in it. It's just, I can't, I can't finish it. Cause so this is, I, that's, that's Leia post return of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I believe I could be wrong. I believe she's pregnant with Ben in this book. I think that sounds about right. What about you? Any books you've read that just didn't do it for you? So I just finished this one. I, I did the audiobook version of it, but it is um, something that took me, like half a year to finish just because I could never sit down and just power through it. And it's the first aftermath book. And I know a lot of people I think have had issues with this one. <laughs> yes. Um, it's really slow. I found, and I found that it, it jumps between stuff. So it'll be telling the main story and then it'll have like these interludes, which it's narrated by Mark Thompson, which I think is what made it tolerable for me is mm-hmm. because his, he's a fantastic fantastic audio narrator for for all the the star wars books whenever he does them and he does the majority of them i have such a good story about him too oh you have to i gotta hear that um 
but yeah, it just it, the, between the the main story to jump into these interludes that then just broke up the pace for me, and then jumping back to the main story, it it just it was very a difficult read. The ending was really interesting, and you know you learn about our 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 main man Snap Wexley and and a young Snap and his mom and sort of more about his character. And I'm you know, working on the rest of the aftermath trilogy now, but. Um, the ending of that is really interesting and I really liked the last maybe two hours of the book mm-hmm. but the first half of the book at least took me months to get through I just realized that I said that I have 44 books about this that means I've read 44 Star Wars books in the last six years um, the Aftermath series I think you hit it on the head it's there's some really cool things in these books but I don't know how many chapters there are but let's say there's 30 chapters 27 of them are a slog and then the last three or four are action um if if mr bones and snap wasn't in these books i I don't know if i would have finished the series to be completely honest um so the people that say we're too positive on here i here there you go there's your there's your clip Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so yeah i I get what you're you're saying about aftermath um really cool covers (laughs) Yeah, they look awesome. And and there's like you said, there's some really cool stuff. I mean, we get Admiral um, Ray Sloan is introduced yep. in these. Cobb Vanth is mentioned in um, them. You've got Mr. Bones, which is I, I have a thing now for homicidal droids that are I like want, loving and caring, but also will murder you. I want him in live action so badly. So if you don't know who Mr. Bones is, he's a B1 battle droid um, that's been essentially has the triple zero matrix in it where he knows like every hand-to-hand combat move ever in the galaxy um he's also sassy he's painted red with um bone necklaces hanging off of him so he literally rattles and he's got black bones painted on him it's he's great um i would love and i i think i was talking to i was talking to grunberg and i said let's do a greg grunberg snap wexley Disney Plus show of Snap and Mr. Bones just adventuring through the galaxy. He's like, I'm one million percent in. <laughs> um, so I think I kind of touched on this, but which book would you or series would you recommend to a first time reader? Because I know there's people here who listen to our show or casual, very casual Star Wars fans um, that would want to get into reading. Where would you set them on their journey? If you want just an isolated story, that doesn't necessarily build on other stuff. I think Lost Stars is honestly something I would I recommend to almost anybody that ever asked me what Star Wars books to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, as we've talked about, offers a really cool look at stuff that's going to be familiar to someone because most people, if they're going to read a Star Wars book, they've probably seen the Star Wars movies and Star Wars content. They're familiar with the original trilogy events. So I think it would be an easy connect for them between mm-hmm. like oh i know exactly when this is going on or oh they're on hoth now like i know where this is so it, I, I feel like it would be an easy way to follow the events and and sort of have that guide you through this story uh 100 yeah, um i have a couple entry points for people uh i think master and apprentice would be a great place to start um helps you understand the the dynamic between a jedi master and their apprentice um if you are going to Galaxy's Edge in reality, uh, in Florida or California, highly recommend reading the Galaxy's Edge Black Spire book before you go, because it's essentially a textbook, if you will, or a history book 
it, it will help you enjoy Galaxy's Edge and reality so much more because it talks about every single place in the book. And there's Captain Cardinal and Vi Marotti, who Vi is literally in Galaxy's Edge and Disney World and Disneyland walking around. So you'll know who the hell that is. If you, if Star Wars, if the part of Star Wars that you enjoy are the battles, um, if you enjoy trench warfare books, the Battlefront, uh, first Battlefront book, I'm totally blanking on the name, uh, Twilight, Twilight Company. Company. So that is literally just about a, a squadron of grunts uh, and their point of views. And they even fight against Vader on Hoth in the book. So if you're into to trench warfare type style military books, this one's a, is a good book for that. And then if you'd like the opposite, if you like space battles, highly, highly recommend Alphabet Squadron for, for two reasons. One, every freaking ship <laughs> that everyone loves is in it. It's Alphabet Squadron for a reason. because X-Wings, Y-Wings, A-Wings. Uh, you wing, if you will. Um, but if you're like Todd and I, you enjoy Star Wars content, and Alphabet Squadron also offers you comic books tie-ins. So there is even in the first book, if you get the hardcover, in the middle of the book is the first Tie Fighter comic. So you'll be reading a novel, and all of a sudden you have a comic in the middle of your book, so that you can see the people you're reading about. And it's so cool. Um, there's some really interesting characters in these books. So if you, if you're super into space battles, perfect, perfect entry point for you. And it's set, um, post return of the Jedi. If I remember correctly, after the death star goes boom. I do have one that, um, if you're maybe not necessarily a visual reader and you prefer audiobooks, the audio dramas that they've been doing recently. So we didn't talk about this, but Dooku Jedi lost is Mm -hmm. a full cast audio drama. So mm-hmm. they've got sound effects and music and actors, fantastic voice actors playing mm-hmm. the uh, characters in the book. That is definitely if you want a, a really cool audio experience with a, a Star Wars novel. And there's the you can get the physical hard co- hardcover copy of it as well. But mm-hmm. if you want a really cool audio experience, definitely check, check out Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah, all, all these books are on Audible, too, if you do prefer to listen to your books. I had a really cool Mark Thompson story <laughs> who does a lot of these, these books. I was at New York comic con 2019 and I went to the Del Rey star Wars publishing panel and it was, ha- it had all the high Republic folks there because they were teasing this upcoming, what did they call it? Project, um, Project luminous. Project I luminous. Was, yeah. I thought it was going to be the empire strikes back related because yeah. beans are we is, is Yoda's quote. So um so it was over like everyone was getting up and they're like oh just just one more thing and then mark thompson comes out and you have to be a super nerd to know what he looks like so i was like there's mark thompson um and he was wearing a thrawn hoodie so it was like thrawn's military jacket hoodie and he puts down a book and he just looks at everyone and everyone gets really quiet and he starts reading what is now the first thrawn novel from uh the, the first thrawn back that nobody knew was happening. And he read the first chapter as Thrawn. And it was, there wasn't a sound in the room. It was just him reading as Thrawn. And it was, it was incredible. It was like 25 minutes of just, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> and then they gave us each a copy of, uh, Alphabet Squadron, <laughs> which I gave to Cam. Shout out to Cam. So that was my awesome New York Comic Con story with Mark Thompson. Any books that you've read more than once, as I mentioned, I've read Ahsoka three times. I've read Catalyst twice. Um, I read Lords of the Sith twice, Tarkin twice. Tarkin is, I even talked about Tarkin. Tarkin is an incredible book. 
if you want to know more about Tarkin, it doesn't mention his slippers in it at all, but uh, <laughs> it mentioned his his planet and his his ship's name was the Carrion Spike. Explains that. Explains why he was such a hard ass and what he had to go through as a Tarkin to live. Like you have to pass a trial essentially to be a Tarkin at a certain point in your life, which is brutal. And it also explains why that one shot comic when he takes his shirt off and he's shredded and figuratively and literally covered in cuts and scars and they explain it in this book it's good luck if finding any of these books in hardcover by the way on ebay for under two three hundred bucks i don't know what's going on but well some of the so some of the older ones the first edition hardbacks mm-hmm. they're just they're not in print anymore um yeah. so they, it becomes that more collector's element like for me i'm the collector mm-hmm. um <laughs> getting a, a first edition of some of these books is is a challenge but you can get paperbacks for oh, everything we've talked about for yeah for six ten bucks so yeah, don't I, don't let the lack of hardback hardcover books uh deter you from getting any of these books or there's the audio version too if you prefer that you know what i just remembered we had a giveaway for we a book did what book are we giving away it was the um poe dameron graphic novel um, we have a winner for that, and we did. We put them into the random number generator, and it went, and it came out with Jacob Evans. Jacob Evans, look at that! All right, dude. When you hear this, shoot us a DM with your address, and we'll get that out to you uh, ASAP. But you know what? Talking about books, Todd, it's gotten me itching to give away a book. <laughs> I've got a hard. I'm sorry, a soft cover paperback, if you will, of Thrawn. So listen to this, shoot us a DM with the code word Thrawn and uh, US only please shipping is insane to ship outside the US. So this is impromptu off the top of my head. I have books to give away, so I'm going to give it away. Um, so yeah, code word Thrawn. Um, let's see what else we got here. 2021 and beyond. So at the time of recording, I'm sorry, at the time you're listening to this, Rise of Stor- right, the Rising Storm High Republic is out. It just came out along with the Race to Crash Point Tower for the High Republic. I feel like we could. We're going to do an entire episode on the High Republic as soon as one of my other co-hosts read something about the High Republic. <laughs> I'm working on. I'm working on. Okay, give me a couple of weeks. I've been I've been too busy trying to spend all my money on collecting stuff. That. <laughs> uh, so we got a couple more things coming out um, next month for High Republic and Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. There's a couple other stories coming out. Life Day Treasury by George Mann and Kevin Scott. These are short story collections of Chris holiday Christmas related, but in Star Wars life day thing, <laughs> life day. Yeah, um, we're getting yet another Star Wars year by year visual history by Pablo and Kristen. That comes out in September. We're also getting a Rebel Hero journal. It says it's a replica journal. So I wonder whose journal it's going to be. I assume Luke's. Oh, it might be like, you remember the Bounty Hunters Code and the Imperial Handbook mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Yeah. I think it's probably along those lines. Well, you didn't even talk about those. Uh, I have the Imperial Handbook. It, it's If you don't have it, find it, buy it, put it in your collection. It's, I love it. It's black. The book is black. The pages are black. Everything's black. <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> Aesthetically pleasing. Um, Star Wars Insider has been putting out uh, in their magazine every time they the last year short stories of the high republic they're collecting all those and putting them out in volumes and volume two comes out in september there isn't the odyssey of star wars an epic poem coming out by jack mitchell in september 28th this one i'm very intrigued by the vader family sithmas 
Sounds ridiculous. I love it. Uh, Jeffrey Brown comes out October 5th. October 5th is hot. Look at all these, these things coming out. High Republic Shadow at the Fair by George Mann. Um, Star Wars Battles That Changed the Galaxy. We got a little glimpse of this on the Star Wars show. It looks really cool. Um, just shows every battle. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Secrets of the Sith. Very intrigued by this. It's a reference book. Very intrigued. I do love the visual dictionary, so I hope it's like something along the lines of that. Ronin, which I think is going to be a first of many manga anime style books coming. If I had to guess. Well, it's a novel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know this ties into visions. <laughs> yeah, this ties into visions, the um, anime inspired um, show that's going to be coming out. Disney so, Plus. yeah. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, Queen's Hope, which I believe is the third. Yep. Installment from EK Johnson Johnston. Yet another Star Wars character encyclopedia. Updated and expanded. At some point, it's not even a bookshelf's not going to hold this book. It's just going to be a brick. It's going to um, be the bookshelf. It's just going to yeah. be, you're going to open a bookshelf and it's just going to be a Star Wars page. <laughs> that comes out in November. November 2nd is also uh, a big day for Star Wars books. The Star Wars The Mandalorian Handbook. This one, I'm not 100% sure if it's still happening. This one could be because a couple of Mando books got axed. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars Official Collector's Edition. Another reference book. These books are always a ton of fun, too. Uh, yet another Thrawn book, Thrawn Ascendancy, The Lesser Evil by Timothy Zahn. <laughs> BB-8 and the Snow Monster. You know that's going to be fun. Star Wars and the Mandalorian Season 2 Junior novel. That, I'm in the 2022 at this point. Uh, and then the last one that is listed is This Is Ray. So that's February 2022. No idea what any of these are for the most part, other than books. So there's a lot of stuff coming out, but we did get some stuff, like I mentioned, canceled and unfortunately Mandalorian related. I cried so the, when I saw this. I was so bummed. The Mandalorian, the ultimate visual guide, canceled. No, no reason given other than, quote, the story of the Mandalorian will continue to unfold on screen. Uh, people have guessed and speculated this is because of what happened with the Gina Cara situation that changed the story moving forward. Uh, or honestly, they could have just changed it from what they planned. Because uh, uh, as you can see with Disney Plus and The Mandalorian, they, they're doing a Marvel style deal now. They're building a giant universe, an interconnected universe. And I imagine what they had planned for this book would have counter would have been counterintuitive for what they're planning. I, I would assume. I, I like I said, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, this, so I was bummed when I saw that they canceled this one just because it would have been cool to have a visual guide for the Mandalorian. It, it makes sense if it's because of them wanting to not box themselves in with anything because, you know, people, mm. if there's one thing that changes, then people will lose their mind and it, it becomes yes. a nightmare online. Um, yeah, the, the <laughs> canon argument is the dumbest at times. Uh, it, this could be because of, you know, Gina no longer working and they there hasn't been like a whole lot of Cara Dune stuff coming out recently. And yeah. they canceled a lot of Cara Dune figures that were supposed to be like reprints or, or the next iteration of uh, stuff her. coming out. Um, so it might've been a lot of work for them to go back and, and cut her out of stuff. So who knows? I mean, wh whatever the reason why this one got canceled. The other thing that really bummed me out is they canceled an original novel that was supposed to come out. Um, 
that I was super excited for because yeah. I would have loved to have seen a, an original novel. But again, I think because they're expanding on the story that they're telling in the Mandalorian and how it connects to other things they didn't want to, they didn't want to um, box themselves in. Yeah. It's unfortunate that the canceled books were Mandalorian related because you and I are both Mandalorian brethren. <laughs> if you will. Uh, Din Jaren, please, please say Din Jaren. You're talking about Din Jaren. Um, so blaster to your head, Todd, someone's asking you right now, which book should I read right now? Tonight. All stars. Without hesitation. I'm going to go read it again. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> uh, get my girlfriend to read it. Lords of the Sith for me. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to gonna wrap up our discussion. I Honestly, we'd love to talk about books. Star Wars books for hours. So, in, in fact, if you want to talk Star Wars books with us, please come to our Discord. Talk all the live long day about books, and Todd and I will discuss it with you. Books, comics, toys, merch, we're, we're here, baby. Also, follow us on, I said I said the opening, I'm going to say it again on the outro here. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our, our, our community is growing rapidly, and we are looking forward to what's ahead for the Black Squadron podcast. And again, if you are enjoying our show, please leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. It helps us immensely. And I think that's uh, that's going to do it for us here. Todd, anything else you want to say? I'm going to go film more TikToks of me opening my endless. Our TikTok has just become me like showing all the stuff I get from <laughs> collecting every other day. It's like, oh, I got a new package. Time to to film film a TikTok of it. It's I'm having fun over on the TikTok. That's uh. If Todd you, doesn't if, know this, but if, I call it our TikTok. Our TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me making making fun content over there. But if you if you're a TikToker, you like being on TikTok, uh, check us out. We got some fun stuff. If you want to see more like stuff like when we're not talking about Star Wars on the show, if you want to see some behind the scenes stuff, if you want to see me and BP's obnoxiously large collections, um, yeah, we, we have a problem. We do. We do. It's okay. We we enable each other. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. And remember, the Force will be with you always.